Thank you for tuning in. We'll get to your program right after this short word from our sponsor. Every day is like a blank page. Some people encounter the page with fear and dread. Others encounter it with potential and excitement. Hello, my name is Aubrey Baptista. At Kindred Art Therapy, you will learn to be inspired daily rather than approaching each day with fear. For more information, visit arttherapync.com to book a free 15-minute consultation. My name is Alyn Davis. I'm a counselor and coach with a compassionate heart and a wealth of experience. My mission is to help people journey towards recovery, self-discovery, and holistic well-being. As a licensed therapist in North Carolina, I've had the privilege of witnessing countless individuals break free from the grips of eating disorders, trauma, anxiety, depression, and find renewed purpose in their lives. For more information, visit alyndavis.com or click the buy button on this ad. I look forward to seeing you break free. Welcome to Kindred, where we believe that when we recognize our interconnectedness with one another, we are able to achieve higher levels of wellness for ourselves and our communities. In this show, we explore the question of mental wellness and share the help we have received. It is through this sharing that we hope to inspire others to experience their own wellness. So today we have Jack Rand. And Jack, I met you through the Unicorn Universe. Um, and over there, what I learned from you was all about how sales is not this sleazy thing that so many people think that it is, right? That the people who are the sleazy salespeople, those are the people that like, you know, pretty much anybody would want to stay away from anyway. But when people have a good intention in mind, then actually sales is important. And so I wanted to bring you on today to talk more about your work and why you believe it's so important to have um, like a human-centered mm-hmm. approach to your sales. So thanks for joining me today, Jack. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm looking forward to talking this through with you. Yeah. And so you do like coaching and, and all different types of things. And I know that you and your wife work together on those things. What, what are some of the things that you do with people? Well, to give you the broader context, um, I'm a strategic business coach. What I'm doing as a business strategic business coach, I'm looking at the long view, where someone wants to go, how they want to build their business. And then we back it up into an action plan for them. So everyone has their own individual plan. It's the path that we run on together. Um, with that, over time, you know, throughout my career, I've been a salesperson and also a consultant. And so that's where I centered, you know, my life. Over time, when I was working with clients, they would begin to ask me how to sell. I was the top producing sales guy at HP, Hewlett Packard. At a multi-million dollar annual quota that I made. So the point being I want to make with this is that I'll kind of give you my background so you understand this. When I was about four or five years old, I was abandoned. Okay. Now, my, my mom left me with my dad and, and went to California. I was in Delaware. I felt abandoned. So from that, right, I have a hard time dealing with rejection. So sales and rejection seem to go together. So I had to find a way to make that so I didn't, it wasn't so painful for me. That is such a good point that you made just right there, Jack, is that so many people have a hard time with the rejection piece of it. And sales is like putting yourself on the topping block over and over and over, right? That no, that is really hard for people to receive. So you had to learn a way 
that you weren't so triggered by that every single time it happened. Correct. <clears throat> so what I figured out, and it took me a while to do this, is one of my mentors told me, Jack, learn to think in questions. Learn to think in questions. Mm -hmm. So instead of coming from a pitch mentality, where you're pitching, hoping to get someone to say yes, or manipulating them to say yes, which is where the sleaziness comes from, you're asked, you're engaging with them. You're just having a conversation with them like you would talk with your friend. Same tone, same intention. From so the that, intention being that you're that you're friends. Yes. And you never do anything to hurt your friend. Never. Yeah, that makes you sense. You would help your friend see something that would help them. Mm -hmm. And so that's how you present. When you're talking with people, you're asking them questions. Like the same way if your friend said to you, you know, I'm thinking about playing on the softball team. You might say to them, gee, you've been a couch potato for 10 years. Why now? And they would, tell you, they would tell you a story about how they've always wanted to do it, never had the time, dot, dot, dot. But you're very curious about it. That's where you come from. You come from curiosity, which helps them unlock it. And they're going to say, yeah, this is something I want to do. And, and they discuss it with you. And like a friend, you say, well, I think it's a great idea, but just be careful, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And as a friend, they're going to want to keep on coming back to you if they think that you're the one who has the answer for them or that you have a solution for them. Yes. And also, there's a bigger piece to this, uh, Aubrey. The way I like to look at it is when you're talking with someone, you're creating a space, a safe place for them to talk with you. Mm -hmm. That is when you find out what's really going on. You may find out they love what you do, but they just can't afford it right now. Or it's not the right fit. Either one's fine. Or they say, yes, how do we do this? Once you understand that, you can talk them through what's the best choice for them. <clears throat> if someone has, doesn't have the money, maybe they could buy a book. They could do something else, something they, they can't afford. Or talk to them in three months. But you have to be appropriate with that. Yeah. So it's like not as much trying to fit a square peg in a round hole. Like if somebody that you're talking to isn't going to be the right fit, then you're either going to find something that is the right fit for them or you're just going to move on. Absolutely. And both are fine. It doesn't mean you're rejected. It just means that, look, the fit's not right for now. You're looking at it like when you're trying to fit you know, the, the round peg into the round hole. Mm -hmm. You're looking at what, what kind of peg are you? Are you a star? Are you an oval? Are you a square? What are you? You're mm -hmm. trying to figure that out so you can talk to them appropriately. Yeah. And every step of the way, you're 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 really just encountering a friend, like a, a stranger is a friend that you haven't made yet, right? Correct. Where I come from is I'm their best friend. We just haven't met yet. That's how I talk with people. I mean, that's that's really the impression that I've gotten from you. And so now that we kind of get a sense of like what you do and who you are, like this is the part where I want to transition into to just being able to catch up and, and talk about the things that are, um, you know, relevant to us and the show and all of that. But what I was going to tell you is that, yes, I have um, been moving around my office right before we started. I told you, wait, and I'm going to tell you what happened, right? <laughs> 
So I moved into a new space and everything was in disarray. And so I was moving around my new office. This is the part that really makes me laugh. I made a mistake. And this is this is a funny mistake to me because um, it's affected so many things, but not at the same time. Um, I had a desk or I have a desk that's behind me. It's a drawing desk. And when I put it together, I couldn't figure out why part of the desk wasn't working correctly. And I just recently moved into, for my business, I just recently moved into new studios. And there's artists all around the studio where I am. And I saw somebody else had the same desk that I have, but there was a piece to it that was like holding art at the bottom of it so that it could stand upright and it could could kind of hold the art there. And I was like, well, that's weird. That piece is on the top part of my desk. Like, why, why is it like that? And what I realized was that the desk was completely put into the holsters, like that hold it, it in its base completely backwards. And so the way that the desk lifts up and down so that it can like hold artwork on it and the angle at which you work on it was completely backwards for the last year. And I've been seeing clients and they've been coming in and working on this desk. (laughs) How funny. (laughs) So just before we got started, I was over here like super, super heavy piece of like, you know, furniture over here, just rearranging this thing. Cause I was like, Oh my God, it's completely backwards. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah, and I was like trying to look for some of the symbolism in it. And I was like, you know what? I'm gonna talk about it with Jack. I'm sure that there's some some like symbolism in a mistake that you make like that that is like both meaningful and not meaningful all at the same time. <laughs> uh here's my take on it. And I've built lots of things like that. Yeah, um yeah. you know, shelves and you know, desks and and usually I'll make one or two mistakes along the way. And then I, I see it. They go, oh, even though I take a read. Now I've learned to read the instructions three times before I try that. <laughs> Minimizes my mistakes. I, I still make them. But I, I can go back and usually correct them pretty quickly. I think well, the way I like to look at these things is what did you learn from it? Yeah, always. Yeah, um, definitely. Definitely want to look at it from that perspective. And so let me sit in that hot seat for a second and think about like what 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 would I have learned from that? Hmm. Honestly, I'm not sure, Jack. Sometimes my lessons don't come for for a while. Like I'll be like, oh, okay, this clicks. I understood. One thing that I see that could be a lesson for you is that people are accepting. Yeah, that's true. They may or may not have known that something was backwards. And they just said, oh, here's the desk. And they went for it. Yeah. Yeah. Or people may have commented a few different times on on how, you know, something about it was strange. And to me, like, I thought something about it was strange. But sometimes, like, we ignore our inclinations that something is strange because we're not really sure what to do about it oh yeah yeah and you don't have the perspective yet 
or the experience yet or the knowledge to figure it out. Yeah, it's like that you don't know until you don't know thing. Like it took me seeing it with that woman in another artist studio that I realized and it clicked in my mind like, wait a second, this is completely backwards. That's why it's like this. I I probably would not have made that connection had it not been for seeing the other desk. A- absolutely. Now here's the other part about that, Aubrey, is you posed a question to yourself saying, what's wrong with my desk? Correct? Yeah, well, a very clear question. Yes. What was your question? Well, it was, it was, well, before it was a more murky question. It was like, it was more like there might be something wrong, but I'm not really sure what it is or how to do anything about it. So I'm just going to ignore it. It's kind of over there somewhere. Right. Whereas this was more of like a, why is this like this here and this like this here? It was much more specific. Yes. That's the point I want to make is that your brain responds to questions, very Mm -hmm. clear questions. Mm -hmm. When you want an answer for something, your brain will help you find answers. Give you an example. Suppose that you always do something and you always screw it up, the same thing up, you do it over and over again. If you say, why do I keep doing this? Your brain will search around and find a bunch of answers for you. Mm -hmm. Most of which don't make any difference whatsoever. Mm -hmm. On the other side, you said, how do I stop this? your brain will come up with answers of how to stop it. How do I change it? Right? Your brain will help you change it. I'm going to argue that when you change your question, you saw an opportunity to fix it when you saw the other desk. That's true. The other piece that I want to add to this is that oftentimes we get stuck in our own questions and answers, which is why having somebody else to get us out of that momentum is so important like had it not been for me encountering that woman's desk right the fact that you're asking different types of questions right like it has to come from somewhere that there's a shift in the trajectory yes absolutely and it it, my thinking and from doing this for god knows how many years now asking questions is a powerful tool Mm. to unlock it for you and for me. Because mm-hmm. I'll catch myself. It's, it's, uh, you know, how do I do something? Oh, here's something. I'll tell you a story about this. This is really cool. Okay. Um, there is a publicist, and she comes to, her name is Donna, and she comes to uh, Unicorn Universe. She yes. was on set one day, at, on a movie set, and because she does publicity for you know, entertainers and movie stars, and she has uh, uh, another actor is there. Oh, she's there, and she has a uh, just project she's working on. She has no idea how to do it. Tom Hanks is on set. She says, Tom, and she knows him. Tom, come here. He says, what? He says, you know, I've got this project I'm working on, and I, I don't know how to solve the problem. He says, there's your problem. She said, what? Self-limiting belief. Ask it a different way. Like, how do you solve the problem? You'll come up with the answers. Yeah, and then get more specific in the questions. And the more specific the questions are, the more likely that you're going to get to the answers. Yeah, you're going to get a ton of stuff to look at. 
puzzle pieces will come up. Huh? Well, this puzzle piece and that puzzle piece. As you go through the process and you keep asking the right questions, the right puzzle pieces all of a sudden start to come together. Hmm. And then sometimes you get close, but it's not quite right, but you can't figure it out. So you say, okay, I'm going to let it go for now. So the next day in the shower in the morning, snap, it comes to you in your head right then. It's like, how does that work? That's the way it works. Your brain has an opportunity to work on it. And what I call the background, there's not yeah. a lot of, there's not a lot, not, pardon me, there's not a lot of conscious thought about it. It's just doing the processing. And all of a sudden ideas come to you. Einstein said, why do I always get my best answers? Like when I'm shaving in the morning. Your mind is totally off of it. All of a sudden, the answers just pop out. Because that's when the connections are happening. And you're ready And you're ready to hear it. And the brain is finished processing. That makes a lot of sense, too, because if your mind is on something, it's not going to be able to help to um, put something else out there while you're thinking about something else. Yeah. The, in terms of project management, uh, your brain can handle five things plus or minus two. Mm -hmm. So that's why when you're organizing like how many people report to you or how many projects you have going, you start to limit the number of them because you simply cannot process all that data. Yeah, it's just too much bandwidth yeah. for your brain and they say like 10% of your brain is working throughout the day or something like that. And the rest is like 90% in the background. And so you're talking about like, how can you access yeah. that 90%? You know, I went on a vacation to the hot springs last week and it's about day two uh, that I got real creative about things I could write about. My I, I purposely turned my brain off from work. And so what I saw is that, when I look at my phone or look at my email, there's tons of information that come in, into me on a daily basis. I'm going to start to trim most of that away. It's just overwhelming. It does not help you. And so the way that you get better ideas and more refined thoughts is through the process of um, trimming away and, and spending more time, um, you know, just being centered. Yeah. And, and picking what you're going to focus on. I might check my email maybe once, maybe twice a day. That's my limit. I had a habit where I was checking my phone very first thing in the morning. And when I was away on purpose, I did not do that. I was really happy. <laughs> yeah, because then you didn't feel that compulsion throughout the day saying, hey, check your phone. Hey, check your phone. Exactly. It's like, oh, someone sent me an email. I have to send something back. No, I sent stuff back like the following day. And I tell them, oh, I'm on vacation. I look at my phone once a day, maybe. They go, oh, that makes perfect sense. They're fine with it. It's our own urgency that drives us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And this, this perception of what people will think, right? Oh yeah. 
And here, here's another part about that. It's none of your business what people think of, of you. Yeah, I've I've played that out with a lot of people and talking about the possibilities of all types of stories that people tell about other people. Meaning like that somebody else might have a story about me that doesn't align with my own story and how you can't control that. There's no control over that. Correct. You cannot control it. In fact, a while ago I was thinking, you know what? Maybe how I think about myself is real different than how, how I really am. So that began to unlock more for me to show up in, in the world in a different way. And I'll, I'll tell you this really interesting story that we from the hot springs. Um, I was down there, and I'm just a guy at the hot springs. And as we were as we were leaving, uh, one of the uh, the chef. It's going to be leaving and going to another part of the country. So I, I gave her a copy of my book and I autographed it for her. And she was very thankful. She gave me some cookies. Good trade. Um, then the gal that waited on us at the restaurant came out and said, hey, uh, I'm going to go. I asked a couple of books there. I do that every time we go you know, for other people to take and use. Said, I'm going to get one of your books. I'm going to read it, but I'll give it back. I said, no, no, no. Get it. I'll autograph it for you. So she comes back with the book. I autograph it for her. She says, oh, you know what? My dad is a um, motivational speaker. He does a couple of businesses, dot, dot, dot. He loves your work. In fact, he sends it to me. When I looked at this your face, I asked Autumn, the chef, where she got the book. She said, oh, he gave it to me. Really? So she was really excited to see me and to tell me about her father who just, just loses my work. So, and that was a totally unexpected, out of nowhere kind of comment, which I love. So it told me, and this guy was a retired colonel uh, and a very successful. He said, this guy does his stuff. Didn't expect that at all. Wow. Well, what an honor for that. Jack, thank you so much for coming today. We're, we're getting really close to the end of our time here. How can our listeners uh, learn more about you? Where can they find you? You can find me at jackrand.com. You go there on the right side of the page, you'll see my handsome face. On the left-hand side, you'll see my program, Selling Step-to-Step. Step. You can download my seven simple sales steps, which is the framework I teach. That's free. And as a gift, I'll send you my quote of the week. Awesome. Thanks so much. And if people like listening to this today, then go ahead and check out for more information at bizradio.us and be sure to subscribe. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.